where you live makes a difference. So minority communities that live in affluent areas, I find more so get the access to support and services. But the reason why I decided to pick this topic is because there's a few things that over some of the podcasts that I've recorded, not only by myself, but with others, there's been a theme of not talking about mental health. And I felt that this would be a great, great way to start discussing, opening up and creating platforms for these kind of discussions. Now, if anyone is experiencing any ill mental health, I encourage you to look on our website. We do have lots of resources and lots of sources of help and advice and tools for self-therapy, okay? So, first and foremost, what is mental health? Okay, as a mental health advocate, mental health to me means that you have had a disturbance in your normal, optimal way of thinking and you have got to a point of stress and burnout where you are no longer able to function in the way that you would normally do day to day. Now, mental health is such a broad, broad topic, but trying to give it a broad definition is what I'm going to do there. We can go into the specifics, we can go into diagnostic classifications, we can go down the route of mental health medications and the types of sources of support, but we're not going to do that today. We're giving a general overview of what the issues are within mental health and minority communities. Now, I've interviewed several different individuals around their service provision for minority communities. I've had the likes of Donnell Grant on our YouTube channel and our podcast as well, actually, talking about the Brave Projects and Suicide Awareness. We've also had other individuals um, on our podcast around mental health first aiders and mental health is such a really big and poignant topic and if you notice I will always speak and interview individuals from minority communities and the reason why is because we need to have individuals in that space that know that space that can give the information right if if you feel that you are in need of some support how often are you going to go to people that don't look like you for that source of support it's very very rare that you're going to go to those places, feel comfortable in those places to open up and discuss the deepest, darkest issues that you're experiencing in your mind and in your heart. It's very, very rare that you would feel able to fully be yourself and come as your whole self to these types of sessions. And this is why I do what I do because being able to open up to individuals that one, have either been through it two, have witnessed it firsthand and can support, or three, have been in the profession for long enough to know how ill mental health can affect you and knowing how to get to a point of mental wealth, yeah, the other side of it, meaning you are abundant in your mental healthiness. (laughs) Let's keep it straight and simple. You're abundant in your mental healthiness. Um, you are at optimal mental health agility ability functionality um, and understanding as well because mental wealth also gives you an element of education around 
how to prevent ill mental health so yes the educational aspect as well and hopefully this is what I hope this podcast will be is a a source of education and support for you so some of the things I have noticed and I want to bring to light is one there is a big stigma around what mental health is in in minority communities and this could be for a number of reasons whether it is the need to remain strong or whether it is the worry of not getting access to certain services and and support um whether it is that the in 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 your family in your culture there is no such thing as mental health there's no label for it even yeah this this is also another thing there's no label for ill mental health in many of the minority communities that i work with how do you know what you're going through if you can't name the pain so that's one of the things that i i always encourage people that are going through some sort of mental health upheaval is naming the pain because in order to name the pain you can then start putting into place what things you need to alleviate that pain if you can't name it then it's very difficult for you to know what you need to alleviate it okay so name the pain two the next thing i'm gonna say is talk talk to people around you if you're witnessing seeing certain things around you that you feel you need explanation don't keep quiet about it if you're feeling certain things that you have no explanation of and you feel that you need to know a bit more information talk about it as much as i will always say research there is so much information out there on mental health that you run the risk of being put around in circles yeah you run the risk of being put around in circles and you could end up back in square one where you feel so overwhelmed with the amount of information because you've gone off of this topic gone off of that topic gone off of that topic and for all you know the whole the whole point of you getting information was just for you to educate yourself all of a sudden you find yourself self-diagnosing which again isn't helpful it is not helpful so i would always say speak to someone that you know either has experienced mental health or understands mental health or knows where to get the help and advice from we don't know everything yeah individually we do not know everything but what the things that we do know the things that we do know we stand solid and firm in and we understand that not everybody is able to reach out and ask for help so individuals that are in these domains in these spheres of of mental health education psychiatry advocacy if you understand the need then find these individuals go to these communities share the information because again when you're going through some sort of crisis not everyone is 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 willing and able to reach out at fear of judgment fear of shame feel, feeling like you've you've let yourself down you know poor self-esteem all of these things can play into why people don't get help or seek help so those of us that are in these spheres make an effort to give back to the communities where you've educated yourself on these topics make an effort to give back to these communities that you come from and other communities as well they know where the sources of support are what is actually happening with them educate families around how to support spot the signs where to go for help and what steps to take when it comes down to any type of mental health whether it be depression anxiety suicide uh ptsd 
yeah these are some of the very common 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 ones again alongside personality disorders a lot of our community are getting diagnosed with personality disorders which one makes it very hard to access support two very hard to get secondary diagnosis and three very hard to medicate yeah because when it comes to personality disorders there's only very far and few medications that they say quote unquote work so they will keep trying you on different medications until it quote unquote works yeah that's something else to be mindful of so number three another thing that i've noticed as an overarching issue within minority communities hello 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 good morning good afternoon good evening and good night this is rihanna from the speak your mind podcast i hope you're all doing well now today's episode is all about minority mental health awareness month now the reason why i've picked this subject is because there's a few things that i feel i want to give an opinion on so they're more likely to get that targeted support than those in less affluent areas and in less affluent areas are likely to have more prevalence of mental health issues cases and less sources of support when it comes down to the disparities within mental health you cannot you can see where socioeconomic status comes into it because those who are in more affluent areas yes like i said uh, the more likelihood is for you to get support but the double-edged sword is you're less likely to get sources of support that are therapeutic that are non-pharmacological yeah so those of you that have experienced in some sort of mental health unfortunately some of the first things that are offered is medication why because it's cheaper to produce a tablet than to produce a therapist that's it it's cheaper to produce a tablet than to produce a therapist it's as simple as that and who wins the big pharma companies but that's for another podcast but what i will say is those of you that are in need of support and you can't access it in your certain areas you are able to approach your local ccg clinical commissioning group and request for funding outside of your borough if you feel that you are deserving and unable to access okay get the support of an advocate if you are not under section you may be able to get a health and community advocate to support you with with these types of inquiries through clinical commissioning groups as well as go to mind mind also has sources of support um and they have a lot of information around supporting minority mental health as well um there are loads and loads of services trust me there are loads um and when it comes down to supporting this is going to be number four (laughs) supporting local minority therapists and mental health services this is another thing i've noticed now as much as we know these bigger charities yeah we know who they are we know what they stand for uh why don't we support these smaller charities and these smaller organizations yeah these these ones are actually made for us so the b-a-a-t-n yeah the black and asian therapy network i know a lot of people that have stated they would prefer to be referred to them but didn't know how to or weren't aware of them or whatever it may be Um, and then they've ended up going to these larger charities like mind now is it that they're overrun who knows is it that the, the therapy cost is too high 
like who knows i don't know i've not spoken to anyone directly there but these are some of the questions that have been brought up for me yeah and when it comes down to to accessing types of therapy and support i'm all about supporting um our cultured cultured support and services it's very much needed there's many people that i know that and i've worked with yeah that can do with culturally tailored therapy support and mental health support but it's whether the services can cater to these communities and this is this is where the the gap is the gap is can you cater to the communities that we are in and services how are we being funded like these larger charities again they are amazing they are great and i just did some some charity raising fundraising for mind but in hindsight i could have done that charity fundraising and do it for a smaller charity why didn't i why didn't i think i'm holding myself accountable to this as well why these are all things that i've been thinking about and i know i'm not the only person yeah we've got black therapy network we've got all types of initiatives even when it comes down to like I said, how these places are being funded within our own communities. There's been pots of funds that have been available and people will fund individual in, individual families and people to access support and therapy specifically for our coronavirus. This should just be a standard. Why do we not have bigger charities such as MIND, such as, as Mental Health Foundation that we can provide low cost or free therapy on a regular basis not just when coronavirus hits why do we not have this early intervention services why do we not have this or why is there less attention and less information about these services out there making ourselves visible come on we need to do this if we're looking to thrive mental health is one of the biggest factors that interlinks to all of the different factors physical health financial health social health religious and spiritual health mental health is the one the one that interlinks all of that because without good mental health how are you meant to have good spiritual health yeah mind body soul remember that one mind is part of that spiritual connectivity social health if you are not in the right mind how are you able to be comfortably socializing with individuals financial health same thing how can you keep a financial even kill in your home of your finances if your mental health is imbalanced physical health same thing it's all interlinked again mind body soul how are you meant to continue the support that you need if you don't have that balance if you don't have that support for your mental health so minority communities this is my call to action for you if you are someone that's experiencing an issue whether it be small or big don't let it develop into poor mental health to the extremes that we see in the media or on tv and that's going to be my my next point don't worry um how how can we how can we make sure that we are are vocal about our needs and this is something that we we don't do. How can we be vocal about what we need and what's going wrong and how to get the support if we don't know where to get it from? Leads me on to point number four. Now, I had this conversation with a group that I had uh, the other day um, speaking about the portrayal of mental health in the media. Now, press, film, TV, magazine, 
are all responsible for the way that society pictures and views mental health and the stigma that has been brought around it and the stereotypes that surround particularly black men within the community of poor mental health and how schizophrenia has become a black diagnosis now again I'm not going to go into the depths of it I'm really really not but what I will say is the prevalence of drug um, induced communities yeah when I say drug induced meaning where drugs have been flooded in certain communities also links to the rise in mental health in certain communities as well I'm just going to leave that there you do the math and you do the associations what I will say is the portrayal of uh, mental health conditions and people with poor mental health being aggressive and dangerous, um, they get to that point when literally the cry for help has no longer been heard and they're sick and tired of being silenced or drugged because that's literally what happens. It's literally either you're too overactive and you're drugged to be dulled down or you're not active enough and you're drugged to get excited. That's that's usually what happens. <laughs> it, it either dampens your impulses or tries to excite your impulses, one or the other. And I find it funny because when it comes down to understanding the differences in people, just cultural differences and different practices, um been watching this documentary mother africa on bbc and there's an episode where one of the ladies in in one of the episodes is creating a a a psychoactive drink to help her connect with her ancestors now we know for many years that people have used marijuana as a psychoactive property people have used mushrooms as psychoactive Um, different variations of berries and plants and nuts to create these psychoactive properties and hallucinations that has been lost in translation as voodoo and witchcraft but when it comes down to coming to western worlds they're seen as eccentric needing to be dulled down or again understanding how how these terms have come about and how we have got to where we are now is really really important really really important and for western minority communities the other element i will say that is an additional stressor on your mental health is living in a western society that is not built for you plain and simple the western society that is not accepting of us as brown and black people also wholly sometimes solely plays on our mental health because it's it's like a gaslighting exercise every day of am I really feeling or thinking and is this all real or am I just making it up am I aggressive for no reason am I feeling anxious for no reason and in actual fact that's the gaslighting exercise that plays on your mental health which then plays on your physical health being under durations of stress really can start playing on your emotions your your feelings and your mental health this is our duty as humans to serve each other and to serve the earth that we're on we're all interconnected in one way or another so if you pain i pain if you're happy i'm happy we've got to start remembering this so my bid to you is feeling like you are under watch or being uncertain of yourself that's all 
forms of psychological distress yeah because you know when you have psychological safety where you feel open and honest and able to feel like your whole self when you are lacking psychological safety what is left emptiness and you have to navigate that by yourself in your own mind and unless you have spaces of people that look like you or have people that look like you to support you to navigate and build the tools to navigate all you have is yourself and unfortunately as humans we second guess ourselves we have self-doubt and that is the battle that a lot of us are playing with when it comes to living in a society that is not built for us so unfortunately the isms yeah the isms (laughs) are what plays on our mental health as well so those are my four points that I'm going to leave there but what I will say is if again if anyone is needing sources of support or resources please do reach out to me reach out because I've I've got connections I've got resources on my website I can even just be the person to talk to you through certain some things that you may be going through we all have trials and tribulations I myself on this podcast have, have and will explain further issues that I've had to battle through not only as a woman as a child and as a mother as a partner as as a as as a person just gracing and walking this earth I'm more than willing to share my stories because I always say one person's story is another person's survival guide and if it means that me explaining and sharing my life stories means that you one of you that's listening to this doesn't have to go through it I will gladly share my story yeah storytelling is is the basis of healing because those who don't know or have the knowledge will make something up and that is the gap that we need to kind of fill let's not make things up let's pass on the jewels that we have like i said before those of us in these professions if you know how how the system works and the tools to heal within this system you pass that knowledge back or forward you pass it forward to the next generation you pass it back to those that needed it do your bit whether it is research some information call a friend pick up the phone and you know donate some money if you can to a small charity um go and donate your time to to a call helpline if you can um whatever it may be do your bit do your bits because we all have a part to play we all have a part to play okay um i'm gonna end this podcast here i know it's been quite intense and emotional but what i will say is do your bit do your bit do your bit we've all got a part to play okay this is rihanna from plan wholesome empowerment group wishing you a blessed and most beautiful day take care good night